it! We are live with a new episode. <clears throat> it is 7 o'clock, technically 7.01, and we are back on the new episode. If you're just joining us, congratulations. You should see us pretty soon. Uh, it should kind of come back and float around. If need to, make sure you refresh your page. We shouldn't have gone unhosted. We shouldn't have gone hosting, so it shouldn't matter. Uh, and there is Xander. Hey, Xander. Guys, if you're in there, if you're in there and you can see us and hear us, hit the button, say something loud and clear, so we know that we're coming through just fine. Because you know how this is—it's always a work in progress. I'm going to try to make sure, make sure all my videos and everything are going. So, other than that, I've got no video on this. So, Kathy, what episode are we on today? Fifty-three. Fifty-three. Welcome to episode fifty-three. We're talking with a good friend of mine, and oh well, he's just a good friend. Who is it? This is Doug Hamilton. Doug, say hi to everybody out there. Hello. Thanks for having me on, Gonzo. It's always good to talk to you. It's always awesome. Uh, Doug has been a friend of mine for quite a while. Um, Met him at various cons. uh, Chatted personally, and. Well, no, not, not professionally, because I haven't hired you for anything. But, nerdy, how about that? We tried it, We chatted about nerdy stuff um, constantly. Um, and I've been trying to get Doug on to talk about 3D sculpting, because uh, I know some people have been trying to do that, and people have been trying to get into it. Uh, so I figured I would have him on. But before we get anywhere too crazy with it, we got to go with our tradition. Doug, what are you drinking today? Uh, great Kool-Aid. Great Kool-Aid for Ooh, Doug. He is hitting right it hard on. today. Hey, Rabbit Monkey, thanks for joining us. As long as there's nothing in the Kool-Aid. Yeah, I think it's actually... Um, <laughs> what What is it that we're drinking, Claudia? Oh, I thought somebody walked behind me, but... Oh. <laughs> uh, Crystal Light, or no-name Crystal Light, grape type. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah My not, husband loved that stuff. It's not an alcoholic. Yeah, usually my crystal light is the lemonade because I have to drink lemonade because of kidney stones. Yay! Yep. So, Kathy? And, and now everybody knows something about Gonzo that they wish they didn't. Everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, what are you drinking today? I am having coffee and uh, and I have a uh, rum and coke sitting here. What? Rum and coke? Not you. Uh, I know. It's a surprise. Surprise, rum and coke. <laughs> um, and my drink of choice today, because I didn't feel like getting a lot of beer, oh. Oh. is some good old Maker's Mark. Oh, do we have someone in the room, Doug? Can we get them on film? No, no. It's okay. <laughs> if you want to come back, you were invited. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you know. Uh, yeah, it's, it makes enough fun of me. I don't know that she needs help. <laughs> All right. Um, so with that, guys, Doug, thanks for coming on. It's been a long time. Um, thanks for everybody for being here. Um, we have some stuff to show you, some cool things to talk about. Other than that, cheers. Okay, cool. Maker's Mark, love it. Oh, that goes really well with... Um, well, that Sudafed and nasal spray and all that good stuff. 
Yeah. I'm nursing a uh, allergies right now, so yay! It's season, right? No shit. So, um, Doug, before we get started painting, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How you got started doing digital painting, digital sculpting, all that good thing? Uh, give us a little bit of background because some people are, might be new, might not be new. How sure. Actually, um, I've always been into art. Uh, that started uh, drawing comic books in high school and wanting to go to school for cartooning and did all that in the late 80s, early 90s, got sidetracked with life and family and um, jobs and paying bills and all that. And then uh, about uh, 11 years ago, I, I just decided I hated my job and wanted to do something different, get back into the art side of things. Went back to school, got a bachelor's in digital animation about that time, uh, miniature making, which I'd been doing since the early 80s, um, you know, playing games with miniatures, Yeah, uh, was starting to kind of swing to, to the 3D version, and I was like, man, that'd be cool if it went full on digital, I could, I could do that, and it kind of did, and I caught it at the right time, and um, happened to get pretty good at about the right time when Privateer was looking for somebody, and... War Machine Weekend, uh, 2012. I interviewed actually at War Machine Weekend with Ron Cruzy and Ed Burrell and got a job offer. And then about two months, I was off to Seattle for. Uh, well, it's been what coming up on six years now. Um, nice. I was in Seattle for four years. I'm, I'm I work remote now back in St. Louis where I'm from. But um, yeah, that's kind of kind of how it came about. Just good timing more than anything, I guess, because there's there's a lot of guys out there that are way better artists than I am. <laughs> okay, I want to pause you because there's a weird sound coming through my headphones. Yeah, it was something. It sounds like someone was driving by somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> deciding to uh, vacuum their floor above me. Oh yay! Oh yeah. Okay. Um. So was is it was Privateer Press your first job? <laughs> Vacuums once a month. It just happens to be on Sunday night. <laughs> oh, this Sunday night. Um, do you have a set of headphones, or maybe that'll help? Uh, no. Every time I try it, uh, they disconnect. Oh, okay. All right. Well, as long as we know that that's the problem and it's not some weird technical difficulty, hopefully people can bear with us yeah. with the background uh, noise. I think she stopped. Okay. So, what I guess was Privateer Press your first three D sculpting job? Full time, yeah. Full time. I I'd done just a little bit of freelance. It was kind of weird. I went to Gen Con that year, and um, I worked on. There it is again, right? <laughs> Thank you. On um, some side projects, things like uh, Raging Heroes. I did a couple of little things for Raging Heroes. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Who's got the teapot? Oh, that would be me. That's the, the teapot is me. <laughs> uh, Rick Heroes, um, Sedition Wars. I just started working on some Sedition Wars things. Oh, yeah, yeah. That all came right after Gen Con that year where I, I brought my portfolio. or I worked on my portfolio and then didn't bring it because I couldn't find a place to print it. Uh, <laughs> good in line for two hours at the Privateer booth. Talked to Matt Wilson a couple times. Um, some friends that I was in line with had introduced me and yeah, they're like, oh, he's a really good artist. I'm sure Matt hears that a thousand times at every. <laughs> and I had nothing to show, so I, I was like, well, you've 
miss my miss my chance and uh, ended up getting some work out of that though i like i said i i did right after that i did uh, some little things with raging heroes i did um some projects with uh, sedition wars um a few other odds and ends things in there that that never saw the light of day so why digital over traditional because i mean that's one of the things that i've always talked to you about is you know of course digital is the cool and hot newness but why can't you or why didn't you go for like the sculpting and you know? I, it never crossed my mind i i never really thought about trying to sculpt my models out of you know sculpey or soap or clay or whatever well I, did the did your background in animation make it easier to do 3d sculpting it did or not. digital yeah I, I just that background didn't develop until 2007 when I went back to school for digital animation so I, I did uh, I kind of knew I kind of knew early on in that that I wanted to make miniatures with it and um, you know so anytime new software came out or something that that seemed like it would work for miniatures I, I kind of grabbed onto that and tried to learn how to do that so what were the, what were the first kind of softwares that you're experimenting with well, it was it was all animation software, and animation software doesn't really have the the, the capability that we use for making miniatures. Uh, they can't handle the the poly count, the how many faces make up the model. Yeah. You know, when you're when you're thirty thousand faces is is a high detailed character in some games. You know, I'm I'm making models that are you know thirty thousand or uh, you know thirty million faces. Oh, sure, sure. It, it, it's just designed for different things. And, you know, it was early enough that you were still, I, I mean, people were still figuring it out and happen happened to work out good and at the right time. Now, are you using ZBrush now? I use ZBrush about 99.9% .9 of the time now. Yeah, wait, 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 right. just asked that if you were using Maya or ZBrush. Oh, I, I actually went to school for Maya. Uh, that's what I, that's what, you know, technically my degree is based in Maya, uh, but I picked up ZBrush early on. Just when, when I first started in school, they, most studios that were hiring wanted you to know some ZBrush, most animation studios. And uh, by the time I was finishing up, studios were requiring you to know ZBrush. So it was one of those that I picked up on my own early on, but uh, the program that I was in, they had their, their classes set and they didn't want to change anything. So they didn't, they didn't offer any kind of classes on ZBrush. So Outside of the classes I was taking while I was working on my degree, I also took a few classes online through uh, different uh, different 3D sites like CG Society, for example. They had had some guys that had worked on um, you know some movies and things like that that use ZBrush for texturing and odds and ends things like that. So okay. I took classes with them on the side outside of my normal photo loaded classes to try to learn how to use ZBrush better. So All what right. was what was the first? model that PP gave you that they wanted you to do? Uh, technically, the very first one is I did the zombie for Zombies Keep Out as kind of an art test. So they gave that to me right after right after War Machine Weekend in 2012. Uh -huh. And then when I actually got to the studio, the first day I was there, I went in on a Friday uh, after I got to Seattle and they're like, yeah, we're going to have you do... Um, we think we're going to have you do this level 7 alien. And then, um, have you ever heard of Convergence of Cirrus? I'm like, nope. <laughs> They're like, well, um, here's this character, Aurora. We're going to have you do Aurora. 
and uh, took a look at the art, which uh, was by Andrea. And if you've seen, you guys have all seen the yeah the concept of Aurora. And I figured I was packing my bags and moving back to St. Louis because there was no <laughs> way I was making that model look good. <laughs> so it was it was definitely trial by fire. It was the alien was no big deal, not not too big of a problem, uh, but. But Aurora for a new faction, um, super cool looking character with big mechanical wings. And we hadn't done too many digital models yet at that point. I think Ben Meisner was the only person doing digital for us. Uh, it was it was a challenge and it, I'm, at the time it looked like she turned out pretty good. I'd love to go back and re-sculpt her because I've gotten a lot better since then. Gotcha. Rabid Monkey says such a great looking model. So somebody out there really likes it. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, I, I mean, she, she's not bad. She didn't turn out bad. I just, years later, when I open up those files and I look at them, I was like, oh, that face could have been better. This could have been better. And uh, that's, that's always how it is when you look back on your older work. I find that uh, with the painting as well. Yeah. There's so many things you can do differently. Right. Same thing. Yeah. When you, you'll paint something in, in a year from now or two years from now, you'll look back and you're like, why did I do it that way? Or... Uh, <laughs> And, and on some of it, it's, it's, why did it take so long? I remember working on her forever, or, or it felt like forever. And now I look at it, someone, I was like, you know, I can knock that out, you know, 80% faster. Well, now you don't have to work your way through learning uh, as you go. You already have that information. Yeah, definitely. That was some of it, too, is uh, some of the things that I was making, I've never made that stuff before. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't done a whole lot of work you know, in miniatures before I, I started on these projects. So figuring out how to do it and, and, and even a privateer, they hadn't done a whole lot of digital either. So we were, we were all kind of learning together. <laughs> there, were, there were mistakes. <laughs> mistakes were made. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, mistakes are always a stepping stone to getting better, so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's why I, I say I'd love to, love to go back and work on it again. So uh, if you have... If that opportunity comes up, um, I've already said it was like, if if we resculpt her or we do a, a Aurora or two, that, that must come. Yeah, to me. yeah. So so, what's it like taking a model from concept art to digital? Because do you have to make like a complete copy of it, or is it, you know, you get a little bit of free reign with it? Oh, there's not a whole lot of free reign. Um, usually, usually the concepts passed over. The, you know the drawing on napkin that's ah, better than that <laughs> you know, it, we'll get the 2d drawing and usually it has uh, some detailed looks at things uh, in, a, in a pose sketched in uh, they like us to follow the the detail pretty close um, the pose is a guideline there are times where well I I, I, I change my poses a lot uh, or I tweak them a lot I should say just because uh, what looks cool in 2D may not translate well to 3D. So there is some freedom to uh, to make it look cool. Uh, I mean, my job is to translate it from 2D to 3D, uh, although it is close as I can to the art, but also to make it look good. There, there's times where a, a 2D artist will will draw a, you know, we like we like straps and shoulder pads and layers of armor. Uh, the the 2D art will have seven layers of armor, and uh, that just doesn't necessarily work on a 35 millimeter model. What? So, as as the artist, as the 3D artist, I have to kind of decide. Well, is it still going to look cool with five? 
And so that's, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's going to look cool with five, or am I going to send it in? They're going to send it back to me and tell me, no, it's it's seven. You can count that high. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so <clears throat> what have you done personally for Privateer Press that you're like, yeah, this looks really cool. I want to do this. Let me do this. Let me put it over. And you're like, oh, they're going to send this back and tell me to change all this stuff that you thought was really cool. But they were like, yeah, you need to go back and just do this again because you didn't follow the script, per se. It, it, uh, I, I don't have a specific instance in mind, but it does, it does happen. Um, not as much as it used to. You know, when I first started out, it was a case where, you know, you're, I'm an artist and I'm, I'm going to do it how it should be artistic. And after, after time, they beat you down and break you. <laughs> You know, and and uh, there's still cases where I, I treat it as I'm an artist. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my twist on it, but it's usually for a faction that I really like, or you know, a piece of art that really caught my eye, or something something like that. Um, well, I think I it was I, just, it, at, I don't know if it was last War Machine weekend or the War Machine weekend before that. You were uh, working on, and you were showing uh, Scar three, uh, not Scar three, uh, Denny three, at one point. And you told me that you tried to put like peg legs or something or whatever on the secondary models that are on the ship. And you said, Yeah, the pirate. With a peg leg? Uh, It was uh, was Scar uh, Scar 3 on the boat. Yes. Yes, I put a. um, So that that was actually a rare case where I. Her her three crew members, uh, they're kind of like, well, go ahead and do what you want. And that, that doesn't happen every, very often, so I, I did, and uh, they had some roughed-in poses, which I didn't follow those either. And they, um, I took the, uh, that's when I took, I actually took one of them, I went to the community and talked to the Crick's uh, Facebook group, and we kind of came up with a pose that we liked, and some looks that we liked, and uh, that model actually turned out, I personally think she's the best of all of the, the crew, and maybe even a little bit better than Scar 3. She just, she looks really cool. She's a good looking pirate. Um, but I I, uh, I was given freedom to do what I wanted on all three of the crew members. And I did, one of the things that I did that, that did get shot down is I took the, the barbed end of the whips from the Cetixis and put that on as like a hook hand on one of the girls. Uh-huh. And it looked super cool, but it did get shot down and I had to, Take the barbed hook off and give her a real hand. Give her a real hand. <laughs> oh, they, they couldn't just do a, uh, you can choose to have a real hand or a hook? Because that that'd be a cool option. Yeah, every time we add a part like that, it gets more expensive. And well, yeah. They're getting expensive already. What? So it, I, I mean, it was okay. Um, it was just, it, I think that's the only thing they really made me change, though. Everything else they were happy with. Um, in fact, my boss was super happy with with the end results of all three of them. He's like, "These look great. They're they they were they're closer to the class of being warcasters in appearance and quality than you know you, than just some, some crew members kind of thing." So it's it, it's a good compliment. Gotcha. Um, so what have you been working on recently uh, that, you're, that you're allowed to tell us about? Of course. Yeah, that's why I'll, I, I'll, I'll think slowly while I do this. Yes. Um, <laughs> don't, don't get yourself in trouble. Right, and I could do that. I do have uh, some renderings, and then we'll show those in just a second. Right. Yeah, yeah, we definitely have some cool stuff. 
that I could share. That uh, I wanted to do before we show the cool stuff. Right. So lately, it's been um, mini crate. So I have a couple of mini crate models we're finishing up. Uh-huh. Hey, doggy. What's up, little dude? You want to say hi to people? Hi. This <laughs> is my girlfriend's grandson. Hi. Hey. Being broadcast from the whole world. The entire world is going to see you. What do you got in your hand? What do you got in your hand? Pokemon. Pokemon. It'll be a future. Uh, it'll be a future Gork. Excellent. <laughs> York in training. Excellent. So he's been to the game store a couple times with me the last few weeks. Alright. You gonna hang out? Maybe. Don't knock over my miniatures or I'm gonna have to, you know, make your brother an only child. Okay. Take just one to the You got three tens of Pokemon? They all get together. Okay. Sorry. Uh, so Crimson, uh, Crimson1919 just asked, do you and the sculptors get a lot of input into Minicrate? Or is it still a sort of make what the 2D artist tells you to make kind of thing? Yeah, it's, it's still a whole lot of what they send down to us. Um, Mike Valencourt, our art director, uh, he'll work with Matt, and they'll decide. Uh, they'll decide. That's awesome. They'll decide what they want to send down to us. So there's there's still some input from other people. Um, there's ideas. You know, I've, I've sent in a few ideas. I don't know if any of them will ever get used kind of thing. So... <laughs> When you're when you're dealing with the uh, the 2D art, are they doing different views? Is it a front view, or do they have like a back view as well? Uh, it, it it just depends. Uh, a lot of times we'll get a back view. Usually a, a model just standing there, uh, so we'll get a front and back or a three quarter, so we can kind of see some of the angle on it. Uh, if there's certain areas that need to be detailed, they'll they'll do like a close up of that area, or uh, if the back is just gonna be pretty simple but outside of one spot they'll just do that one spot and the rest will be a little bit light and, and there are cases where we'll need to fill in a little bit a little bit of detail if necessary okay uh, usually we get a pretty good our, our 2d guys are pretty good so i uh especially andrea i love working from andrea's art just that style is so good i i ask because i'm i'm painting on these models that i could swear must be digitally sculpted for the Mask of the Red Death board game. And it's Gris Grimley's artwork, but there's only front views in the actual board game. And and I'm looking at the backs, and it's weird because as you transition from the front of the sculpt to the back of the sculpt, there's... It, it, it's different somehow. Like the, like the sculptor didn't quite know... Where to go? With How it. he wanted to translate that? I'm looking up some of the models to see if I can see what they look like. Uh, it, it, it's possible. I've I've actually had I've had people approach me about models, and <clears throat> if it if they don't have the exact artwork of what they want, they're like, well, our our sculptor has troubles changing the pose on his own. You know, we can't visualize it um, different than what is actually in the art. So uh, I've had I've been approached about doing things that I guess I, I, I don't know. It's hard for other other people to adapt to that that it, it's just different. I I don't know. I, I mean, uh, I guess I guess if I was freelancing and I I uh, was just doing it for the money kind of thing, that um, I would want it to be 
exactly how they want it to be. I want the art to match exactly what they want. That way I know where to start and where to finish. Uh, whereas with Privateer, you know, it's kind of a personal investment uh, because I, I am a full-time employee and, yeah. um, you know, my heart's kind of into the models <laughs> and it's a little more than, well, they want a box here, so I'll put a box here. It's more like, they're going to put a box here and it's going to have a strap around it and a hook on it and yeah. uh, that drives you a little bit more. But yeah, if there's if there's questions about what's on the back, usually, uh, usually I can find out from our art director or from the artist. She's always good. Yeah, but uh, it was. I'm, I'm working on a couple of mini crate. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know where the subscription process is for this current one. I'm guessing it's the next uh, six month subscription, uh, but I don't know. I don't. I don't have anything to do with that. Um, I am working on. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's, there's a couple things I can't. Can't really bring up. Uh, I'm going to be starting on some infernal stuff soon. Nice. So I'm excited about that. Uh, I can't wait to see that stuff. I'm I'm really excited about the infernals because I'm a yeah. I'm a Grimkin player and I like I like how the Grimkin stuff turned out as not only models but also as a playing style. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, the Grimkin play style is fantastic. The models are fantastic. I I love everything about the Grimkin. Yeah. Um, so we'll, and I didn't, I didn't get to do a whole lot of work on Grimkin. I didn't get to do a whole lot of work on Crucible Guards. So when Infernals came up, I, in fact, I asked my boss, I'm like, can I just sculpt all of it? And he's like, no. <laughs> he's like, so I have a question. Uh, I have a question from Xander. He's asking, do you like working on small models or large or 150 millimeter size? I, I mean, somewhere in the middle is probably easier. I like, like working on a beast or a jack. Um, it it feels like there's more open space on a beast or a jack. Um, if I if we if there is a lot of detail, I can I can make some nice detail that's going to show up. Whereas if if it's a if it's a human sized character, you know you have to be real careful with scale and how much you're trying to squeeze in there. And yeah, I, I was painting um I was painting the gunslingers, the Kirk's gunslingers, not too long ago as part of my Satixis force and. Um, I hadn't I hadn't started painting on the Raiders that that I had done the new Raiders, and as I was trying to paint out all those details and pick them out, and I'm old and I can't see that same things that are that small, I uh, I told myself that if if I put that much detail on the Raiders, I was going to kick myself because because <laughs> no one I, wants to paint all those tiny little details. Well, I mean, no one with eyes like mine. I, <laughs> so so much. I mean, I mean, they look great. They all look great. I'm just like, oh, I can't, I just can't see it. I think sometimes it, we just get carried away. It gets to be a little too much. It, it can. And that's, so um, a beast, like I was painting, um, this weekend I was painting uh, Geterix, sculpted by Brian Dugas. In fact, Brian was sculpting Geterix at the same time I was sculpting Loki. So it was it was fun to see his both working on Warpwolves and our different styles and outtakes on things. Uh, especially with Brian being such a great sculptor, it's it was fun to to look at how he does things and compare them to how I do things. And <laughs> you know, uh, but I was working on on Keterix this weekend, and he's got a lot of detail. But I'm also I was also working on uh, Tharn Ravagers and all the little bones and chits on them, and little bitty little bitty things that I you know pieces of uh, of cloth or skin or whatever. And uh, it's just easier 
on the larger models to for me to paint that and sculpt that. So I, I kind of like doing the, the beast and jack scale. Do you feel like uh, it gets to be difficult to uh, to gauge how how big or small a specific detail is, like rivets, before it, you know, when the model's printed out at the at the scale that it's supposed to be, where the the detail just disappears. Yeah, I mean that that's something that just it just took time to figure out, and it, it still happens once in a while. Um, I have friends that that do some uh, sculpting, and and uh, they'll send over models to look at, and they're like, "Hey, what do you think of this?" And almost every time, it's 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 the same things that took us years to figure out. You know, you have to make the hands look like giant sausages. You got to make the heads too big. You got to make the feet too big because on your giant monitor, it all looks beautiful. Uh, but when you shrink it down to you know, 28 to 35 millimeters, it literally disappears. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's one of the, one of the reasons I actually, I, I don't actually like showing renders because it's easy to critique those renders uh, saying, well, it doesn't look good. Not because it's, it's a bad model, but because the hands are too big, or the head's too big, or uh, the legs all the little, yeah, all the little yeah. details in the face, all the little creases and everything just right. kind of disappear. Yeah, and and uh, you know, if you're looking at a nice render of it, that that all looks it all looks beautiful, and I, I see a lot of I see a lot of great artists, but um, they're they're not sculpted for miniatures. You know, I've seen some of these Kickstarters that have just fantastic models, so much detail, and they're they're beautiful on the screen. But uh, then I'm like, I'm, I'll be impressed if it can hold that. Yeah, I, unless they're going like 72 millimeter or something. Right, right. Yeah, then do it. Get away with it. Like like if we're doing a, a giant model, uh, a colossal or something, it's perfect. I'm totally good with that. So, what what are the two models? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, and, and test you. What model did you hate to work on and was like the most extremely or the hardest one to work on? And which one did you like the most? Which one really you were like, you were so into it and just like super ecstatic to do of PP's line? Uh, the Earthbreaker was a tough one. That was a long time ago. It was one of my first models and it was a colossal. So I had been a privateer about three months and they're like, hey, here's the, here's the Earthbreaker. And the the art was um, it was a little deceptive in places, and I was still following whatever I was told to do. So I, my boss would tell me to do it one way, so I would do that. Then he went on vacation, and someone else was reviewing it and saw it a little bit of a different way, and would have me change it. And oh. <laughs> I think I, I think I made about 140 changes on that model, um, and, and some of it was just different art direction, but some of it was just me not not knowing how to do it, and it was a giant model that I had never done before. You're freaking me out. Uh, so so that, that was that was a tough one. Um, it, it ultimately worked out good, but um, it, it was still challenging. And which one's been your favorite, you know, pet project type thing? It, it, that, that, uh, changed a little bit over the last year or two. Uh, for the longest time, it was probably Azrael from Legion. Um, or Zuriel. Yeah, Azrael. Yeah. 
Which uh, are those are those are my favorite. In fact, a lot of times, even on the Legion Facebook group, I'll I'll refer to them as my sons because they're, they're just <laughs> you know, favorites of mine. But it also yes, seems like every every time I do something for uh, for Circle, I, I like how it turns out. Um, I haven't done a lot for Circle. The first time I, had, I worked on Circle was Loki and uh, Una too, and uh, I, I just love both of those models. And then uh, the new Circle stuff that. Uh, I don't know where it's at on the schedule. I, I know it's coming up soon, though. Um, Iona, the new caster, the Haru specs, and the Shaman. Um, I, Iona, especially, I love how Iona turned out. Um, in fact, I might paint her at some point tonight. Uh, I, I don't, just sometimes a, there's a certain feel to the models. You know, it's not it's not that there's anything crazy about. Uh, how they look, or it, it's just I feel like Una Two is nothing crazy on detail. Uh, she just uh, she just has a presence, a feel, and for some reason, Circle seems to get that from me. <laughs> Circle gets that from you. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now, I, I really like I really like Iona. Uh, she's uh, Mike Mike Valencourt, our art director, did the concept for her. Uh, Mike Mike started to do more concepts, but usually he's directing and not doing as much concept and. You know, when, when that art came up, he was like, yeah, dude, I want you to, uh, you know, I, I was hoping you'd be the one that sculpted her. And uh, she's she's thorn. She's she's uh, muscular and, and strong, and, and uh, she's she kicks ass, and I think it's reflected in the sculpt. Well, talking about sculpts, we do have some to show off that you gave me. And uh, I'm going to reach over and change over the screen real quick and load those up. Um, and you gave us three sculpts to talk about. Two of one, one of one, and then one of three shots. Um, okay. Let me uh, switch over to my screen, and I'll change over to that. I will go to our paint cam. You'll see what I've been working on for a little bit. Let's see if it's going to switch over. I've been working on, like I said, I'm working on my Grimkin, and so I've been dry brushing, which is very, 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 very boring. Um, <laughs> but it's there. Um, so... You let me put some stuff up. So give me a second. I'm going to bring up this slideshow and talk about the first model. Um, first model we have looks like a Scorn Guardian with his sword down. That is, uh, that is Abaddon. He's in the new Scorn CID. Uh-huh. I showed this, um, I showed this render at, um, Lock and load this summer, mm -hmm. but I figured we'd throw it back out there because it's like now that he's in CID that started last week, might as well take a look at what the sculpt is going to look like. So he was the first scorn model I got to do, which was exciting, uh, especially since Exalted is one of my favorite. Exalted is probably my favorite theme in the game, uh, Zaltu being probably my favorite caster in the game. So to get to work on a model that's going to go in his uh, theme list makes me happy. Um, I got a question, because I, I, I know nothing about 3D rendering and any mm -hmm. of that stuff. The cracks on his sword and the texture color is, do you have to put the individual cracks in, or, you know, what, what's what's going on with that? Yeah, so the, the cracks the cracks are actually sculpted in. Um, the the the, uh, the colors that you see, that's just me being a, that's just, just a fancy render. Okay. But all the cracks are actually sculpted in, so hopefully it will show up... Um, on the model itself, it should. I think they're deep enough and, and wide enough that, that they'll show up pretty good. Um, but yeah, every every crack you see on there, that's that's part of the sculpt. It's um, you know, it's not an illusion. 
Okay. Now, do you ever do a, a, a kind of a, a pre-print before the final sculpt oh. just to see if things are to scale? Yeah. Absolutely. So once I finish working on a sculpt, we send it. I'll send it back to the studio where our engineers, um, Marco and Stu, who both do, uh, they, they don't get the recognition they deserve because they're the ones that make your models go together great. Uh, if you've noticed the last few years, how, how good our models do go together, uh, especially on the resonant metal, that's those guys. So uh, they're the ones who get to decide how to cut it up so that they, it gets they, printed in its different pieces? Correct. They work with production, and they come up with the best way to cut it up. And they'll go in, they'll cut it up. They'll uh, There's some places where, where it, it, there might be a cut and they have to re-sculpt something, so they'll take and re-sculpt something. They'll... There might be a place where I, I was tired of working on it and I half-assed it and they fix it for me because I got lazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but there's there's many times where I, I know they bail me out. Uh, I know they bail out some of the other sculptors that it, that, that the models, uh, when they come to them. Uh, but yeah, Stu and uh, Marco, they, they definitely don't get enough credit for what they do. And if you have a model that goes together great or uh, you know it, when it goes together, it looks almost seamless. Uh, odds are that's, they had something to do with that. And if it doesn't awesome. go together, we'll blame somebody else because when they had it, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> so Fair enough. The, the concept art, was this the actual concept art just repo repositioned into 3D? Did you uh, change anything? Well, that, I, I don't think I changed much on this. I think it was... Um, I, I think it was posed out like this. I don't think I had to change... Oh, you know what? I did. Um, let's see. I changed... So the hips... If you look at the hip armor, uh, um, oh, hold on. Let me see if I can Maybe find you. Let me set that timer really high. I'm setting the timer on this, so it's really high, so I don't have to worry about it. No problem. I'm uh, trying to find the original because I did actually make a couple of changes that. That almost go. didn't go through. Cause I'm sure that they didn't put the cracks on here, where you put the cracks. Oh. It, it, right, that that I you know you kind of you kind of do on your own. Yeah. Okay. Is so the backstory? I'm sorry. Is the backstory that these guys are stone or granite? Yes. Okay. They're they're made yeah. from stone. That, that's a different dog that answers that question. <laughs> yes, they, they are made from a, a certain stone material. They're golem-like. Oh, okay, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the original art and, and the hip armor. Uh -huh. uh, that, that little, like, I, I don't know what you want to call it, like, like almost like a, a flower or whatever. Mm -hmm. It has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, about 16 um, petals. And if you look at my armor uh, in that picture, it looks like it has probably four in the front, four in the back, or uh, maybe five, maybe ten total. Mm -hmm. uh, but but looking at the art, there's about fifteen or sixteen. And my concern was if if I if I put that many in there, when it when it shrunk down, it would really lose uh, the detail. That it would it, just it would get just, all muddy. Yeah, it just it, it, it just wouldn't it wouldn't have the effect that I think that the two D artist was going for on those hips. <coughs> Sure. Uh, outside of that, I don't, I don't, I think that's the big change. Um, 
everything else. Uh, the the little um, the gem or whatever on his forehead. Mine is about three times bigger than the concept art, uh, just because we wanted to st- to stand out. But that's one of those things that, as the artists then working in miniatures, you you can jump in and you know that this this needs to be bigger. I don't I don't want it to be like a little rivet. You know, it needs to be something. Oh like yeah that. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next model. Um, give me a second. The next model. This is uh, one that you sent me recently, also. And this is one of the new Circle Darn models? Yeah, that, that's Iona, who I was talking about. That's the new caster. Again, I, I've oh, shown okay. her, um, showed her at Locknode also, but mm-hmm. it, with, with the Tharn CID coming out. And as I mentioned, she's one of my favorites anyway. So uh, she's... Uh, uh, I, I just I loved working on her. I like the look. I look how I liked how strong she is. And I was gonna say the musculature looks really nice. Yeah, and, and she's she's she is a full figured ass kicking woman. She is she's strong. <laughs> she, I, I loved working on her. Just there, there's a lot of people that are like, well, we want variety. We want variety, and I'm like, I, I I love giving you variety, so it's not going to be a problem. And uh, she's, I had a couple people on the Circle Facebook group, and I'm like, oh, well, because I, sh- I showed a picture of, uh, of my version of, uh, of, the, of the actual miniature that, I don't know if you can see that or not, that I'm working on painting <laughs> on. But um, they're like, well, I hope, I hope she didn't lose the, the muscle. You know, it doesn't look like I can see it. And so I was able to take some pictures where the light's hitting her, and you can still see the muscle in the actual cast of her. And. So the the people that did see it, they were pretty happy with it. Yeah. Now, was this the pose that they wanted you to put her in, or did you get to kind of play with this a bit? No, this one's pretty close to what they wanted. Um, okay. You know, there's there's always a tweak to the twist in the body, or maybe maybe an arm, or we might have to adjust the pose for production purposes. Like like maybe that right leg, that, that foot was supposed to not be touching the the other leg. Where oh, wait, hold on. I got the other side of it. Give me a second. Huh. There you go. Uh, you can't see it that much from that one, but yeah, it, it, you can see though where um, that leg comes back, and for production purposes, it's probably touching the other leg just so it's easier to lay up in a mold. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I don't remember how she came apart. I don't remember what parts were where. I, I think the whole body was one. Uh, I, I don't remember. In fact, uh, I I received my copy of her at Lock and Load, and I had um, one of my friends, Charles Foster was walking around in circles and I was like, Hey, we put these together and we can let people check them out. Cause they're new and nobody's ever seen them. So ASM- when you, when you first started doing these like etched, etched bones or etched horns kind of designs, that looks really cool on here. Did it take you a long time to figure out what was the right depth and, and scale for those? I, I mean, I would like to say that I knew exactly what I was doing. Uh, <laughs> and looking at, looking at the, the actual model, I mean, they they showed up, they showed up pretty good. So I don't know if I just got it right on the first <laughs> try, or if the engineers had to go back in and cut it deeper. Oh, uh, okay. I I think I got it right on this one. <laughs> we'll just yeah. say you did. <laughs> I'm sure they saved me. I'm sure they've saved me many times on my etching, but I think I got it on this time. Now, they did show up on the model, so I'm happy with that. Alex, this is another question. The lighting. You choose where the lighting is based on ZBrush, and you can move it around so you can see the different textures and how it lights up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can change the material. Um, 
you can change your lighting. I, I really don't mess around too much with my lighting or my texture. Um, I'll, I'll re-angle the model a little bit, but uh, I mean, I I don't know. I have a I've done a I've done hundreds of models at this point, so I kind of have a feel for how it works. Yeah. Now I how notice... long? Go ahead, Kathy. How long did it take you to be able to get fur to look like fur? Because I've seen a lot of people try and do fur in digital sculpting and really fail at it. Yeah, I fail at it all the time. Uh, <laughs> fur, fur is one of those things that, that when I get a model sent back to me for review, so, so I'll work on a model, and when I think it's in a good place, I'll send it in. Uh, my boss will review it. He'll review it with a couple other people. Usually uh, Mike, our art director, I think Dallas is in on reviewing them now. Um, and then they'll he'll he'll uh, he'll collect all the all the comments and send it back to me and tell me what he wants changed. Uh, sometimes, sometimes I, I the the, the feedback's valid. Sometimes I want to argue because I'm just an artist and that's what we do. Or sometimes I'll do some things for a reason, like it, you know, going from eight plates of armor to seven or whatever. But yeah. fur is one of those things that almost always gets sent back to me because I almost never get it right the first try uh i usually try to look at how someone else did fur that uh that nailed it and uh for some reason i i, I have to do that every time uh fur is just it's hard to do digitally it, it, yeah it, is it because it's wavy and random i i'm not sure why because you would think it would be easy digitally but oh i don't know it seems to me like uh, anything that's organic, people have a lot of difficulty with the depth of it. Could be, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. Every, different kinds of fur have different patterns and textures. Uh, I, I work on several models this year that have different kinds of fur, and I've done them differently because I want a different effect. Uh, and sometimes they get sent back to me. Sometimes they're okay. Um, I did one earlier this year that came no problem the first try i had another one sent back uh it also uh also depends when i was saying this the uh the engineers saved me sometimes uh when i was saying i was get i get lazy that last that last five or six percent of a model you get lazy on and, and a lot of times that's the fur uh, <laughs> well because you, you do every i I mean, I do everything, and I'm just doing the final pieces, the final trim work, things like that, and, and fur is often that final trim work. Yeah. So it's, it's easy to get lazy on that, and, and usually what I need is just a couple days away from it and then come back and do it again. But they don't let me get away with doing it half-assed. They, they'll send it back to me and, and have me redo it. Yeah. There's there's other companies that aren't quite so careful, I've noticed. <laughs> uh, I see that a lot, um, especially on on some like Kickstarter projects, for example, um, you know, it might be their first miniature project, uh, for, for whoever's art directing it. Uh, the sculptors may be fantastic 3d artists, but that doesn't mean they're a fantastic sculptor. And, um, it, it, it just doesn't always work or they may just not care. Yeah. I, I, Oftentimes it's difficult for me to tell, what the hair is versus what the uh, the clothing is. They just kind of blend together. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, and, and it's it's easy to make it all look the same. Uh, so I, I try to come up with a different one. So I have a way that I do my hair. Uh, it, 
I, I change it up sometimes, but for the most part, I kind of use a similar style for any of my hair. Uh, so if I am doing fur, I, I I am aware of this and try to make, however I'm doing the fur, I try to make it different, a different style so it is separate. So it does look like a different oh. texture, flows different. Okay. Now, uh, have I've, you ever have you ever tried doing the, uh, I've seen other digital sculptors import uh, black and white drawings for texture and kind of oh, use it oh. as a map. Yeah, it's an alpha. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, there's there's cases where it works and cases where it doesn't. Um, I I, some, I do use it um, where I can. Uh, I just don't get to use it that often. Cracks are a good way to do it. Oh sure. <laughs> if I can take uh, like the cracks on Abaddon, if I can take uh, a chunk of concrete uh, that that's busted up and make it black and white and then use those cracks to make cracks on a statue, then I'm absolutely going to do it. So changing the size, changing the depth, uh, then going back in and, and tweaking it and adding a little personal touch to it, that's usually comes out good. Cool. So those are the two bottles that you gave us to show off, and we decided you're not going to show anything else because we're not cool enough. Um, so we're just <laughs> going to have to stop showing things. And not let our viewers see the last model because it's for Kador model Kador players only, and we don't have any Kador players or nobody in our chat that likes Kador, right? There, no, there's no one, no one. No one likes Kador, right? Right, right. So we're just gonna go ahead and skip the next model, and we'll go talk about something else. What do you think, Doug? <laughs> we should talk about movies or something. <laughs> well, that's uh, in ten minutes. <laughs> that's in ten minutes. We only have ten minutes. Uh, blink twice into Assault Commando UA. <laughs> you wish. Uh, no, but Doug, Doug did get this and get permission to show this, and I'm really happy to, to show this off, guys. And I'm excited for it because, of course, you know I'm a K-Door player, and he gave us Source of Zero. What can you tell us about this model? Uh, it, it was, uh, I mean, I haven't got to do a lot of K-Door, so anytime you get to work on one of, the, uh, one of those legacy characters, even if it's a younger version of her, um, it's always it's always kind of cool because I remember being a, a War Machine player in the early days and you know just just loving all these characters and, and the game and and so being able to work on on the the Denegras and the Sorches and and uh, uh, the Scars I mean that's that's I mean that's I was doing fan art in school of, of some of these characters so being able to actually do characters uh, for Privateer I mean it it's kind of a, it's kind of a kind of a neat opportunity so when the when the Journeyman Zeros came around, I grabbed uh, I grabbed Denny right away. I asked, you know, I, I asked for her, which which was kind of a no-brainer because I've I've done a surprising amount of uh, Kirk's models, and then um, Sorsha kind of fell in my lap. Uh, he a different sculptor was going to do it, and it didn't work out. It didn't fit in his schedule, and so my boss was like, "Hey, you're doing Sorsha Zero." <laughs> so. I mean, I play Kador, and I love Sorsha, love her backstory, love her information, but the one thing I noticed, and it's because it sticks out right away, is the end of her weapon. It's not blunted. What, what, what was, why, was, why was this change? I, I, I mean, again, you're asking the wrong Doug. <laughs> Fair so, enough. I, I, there is a story behind it, because it's, it's noted in the concept that, um, that it is an axe and not a hammer. Mm -hmm. So it, it was noted to me that, that 
it was not a mistake or anything like that. But I don't, I don't know the story behind it. Um, that's that's a sea cat question, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'll also add that um, this this, uh, this render is not necessarily final. I know the studio will make a few changes to it, but of course. So don't be like, oh, you changed the the flow of the cloth or something, because I know I, that. Uh, I like it. I would paint this for fun. Because I don't even play War Machine. Well, you got already here. Here's here's your uh, shut up and take my money, hubba hubba. My wallet just got lighter. Uh, the wood grain on the blender bus is wood grain a challenge? Seems like that it was sort of a thing where it's very easy to put in detail. It's it doesn't easy. really show up. Yeah, uh, wood grain's pretty easy. You just cut it deep enough so that when it when it's cast, it it comes out pretty light, and you know you can get a wash in there or a dry brush over it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, that, that's something else that helps. Uh, with my boss Ron Cruzy being a being a painter and. A, he was a studio painter uh, at one point, and myself being a, a miniature player and painter, uh, we, we definitely take into consideration trying to um, make make things on the models that are for painters. You know, where whether it's some open area for somebody to do some freehand, or uh, uh, you know, some some textures for you to do things, or dry brush for people, or you know, we as painters we take that into consideration. Gotcha. Now I, I'm looking at this. And you know, I, it, it can, it's an obvious source of sculpt. What was a challenge for you on this model? Uh, so, the one thing that uh, usually when I send a model out preview, I get somewhere between uh, I don't know ten and fifteen changes when it comes back. Uh, most of the time, it's minor, uh, mm-hmm. depending on how lazy I got on the model. Uh, with Sorsha, she actually was very well received. Um, the pose was was well received. Uh, the only thing that that uh, they had me really change was uh, the way I had her uh, her head positioned and her the actual sculpt of her face. Uh, I had her; uh, she looked a little too young and a little too happy. Uh, <laughs> you know, she was kind of out on the battlefield. She was like, "Yeah, let's have a good time." <laughs> so she was cheering more than pointing. Yeah, well, now she's very serious, looking down the. Uh, <laughs> down the handle of the axe more serious um i just i i mean my answer was uh you know she hadn't she hadn't met vlad yet so you know she was she was still happy (laughs) Uh, so what i changed was uh i i tweaked that i I tweaked the face a little bit so um she was a little too young looking a little too happy looking so i i kind of you know to age her i brought in her cheekbones a little bit i i extended her face just a little bit because i still wanted her to look young she you know she's not not Sorsha of uh, you know of 100 battles kind of thing so I still wanted her to look young but uh, I gave her a little bit more of a serious look uh, brought those cheekbones in a little bit um, just just pulled her face down just a little bit longer uh, just, just aged it a little bit and uh, I, I think we tilted her her head down a little bit so she she's actually looking out over that more like she's commanding instead of uh, you know like Woo! <laughs> a battle charge yeah, so that that was really the only the only really big change um, on the feedback for her. Uh, she was she went pretty pretty good, pretty well received, um, and I, I mean I'm pretty happy with how she looks. Um, I haven't seen a physical model of her yet, but I, I think it's going to turn out really nice. Um, you know, something something came up, and Rabid Monkey asked he got permission to show this, and people some people may or may not know, and I'm sure some most people do, but you do have to have get permission to show off things that you aren't. Yeah, it's yes. it's just, it's always safer that way. Um, Privateer gives me a lot of freedom to do things, whether it's go to shows, go to shows on my own. Um, 
I said I went to I, I played in Greek Masters in Athens this year, uh, just because I I like to play War Machine and hang out with the the community. Um, and even though that was my vacation, I still I still check and make sure it's okay. There's there's still they're still just doing things right, uh, and so that's showing a model, uh, talking about models. Um, there, there's just there's a there's protocol that you should do. I, I mean, like like you know, I when you asked like, hey, can you come on? I was like, yeah, absolutely, but we still have to make sure it's okay. Yes, uh, so I have to contact Privateer Press. What are we going to talk yeah. about? What are you allowed right. to say? What are you not allowed to say? Etc. Yeah, yeah, and I, I I've done enough that I'm I'm pretty good at not not getting in trouble. I mean, every once in a while I'll still say. <laughs> Still say something dumb. Uh, I, I, I still don't talk about scoring very often because you know that gets me in trouble. Uh, <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks, Elder Simpson, for getting me in trouble for that one. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, we, we, I definitely I definitely double check to make sure uh, anything that I show online, uh, even if it's even if it's a personal project or a personal mod, like like I I think I showed you Gonzo mm-hmm. uh, on the side my my Zal two mod that that I'm doing it's personal but i still ask uh yes. like if i were to show that if i were to po- post it on on social media i'd still ask to make sure it's okay uh i did a uh a mod to zuriel i gave him a snake body i i still asked if it was okay to post that even yeah. though it was a mod people do mods all the time uh it, it's just safer that way because there there might be something they don't want me to show or they, whatever re- I don't necessarily know the reasons that might get shot down. Now, I almost never get shot down on it, but I also don't get in trouble for it because I've I've followed the steps that you know that I'm supposed to. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, the thing is, is even your personal one, like the one you showed me, which you know you asked me some feedback, which I thought was like really cool, um, and you showed it to me, and I asked if we could do that one. But I can understand from a company point of view, they wouldn't want you to show that because someone can may take that and run with it and misconstrued well, what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely, and, and, and for me, it's it's uh, you know I like I like to do mods just like just like community members do. There's there's things that I think well, listen, this is how I want my Legion model to look like, or this is you know this is how I want. Uh, yes, to uh, Rabbit Monkey, I do need, need to finish Miss Piggyback. Uh, <laughs> so there's I, I mean there's things that I like to do. I just. Uh, there's also things that we uh, that I could do that maybe we can use it. Yeah, you know, you maybe want that to come out early, right? Maybe maybe it's that would be a cool con model, or maybe that would be a, a, a cool mini crate model, or or whatever. So it, it never hurts to check and uh, not get in trouble. Correct. Um, I know we've been talking a lot about private press stuff, and it's almost time for a media section. It actually is, but there's something I want to talk about because you and I, uh, we've been talking about comic book stuff before and how you have taken uh, and made your own 3D sculpted, and of course your favorite is Puck. Yeah. Puck is is your favorite model, and you you showed me some of your your sculpts of that. Um, What are you doing side project-wise that you like, and what are you doing for fun? What are your what are your three D fun things right now, and what are your what side projects are you doing? Because you do, you don't just work for Privateer Press. Do you take on side projects? Not not too much. Um, first of all, I, I mean, I, if I do anything on the side, I have to be careful uh, that it's not in conflict with Privateer. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, if I did something for GW or Malifaux or something like that, I would probably lose my job. <laughs> Uh, 
if it's not something competitive, like like I, I did some I did some superhero keychains a couple of years ago, a Superman and a Wonder Woman when I was up in Seattle. Um, you know, things like that I can do. But for the most part, um, after eight hours or nine hours a day of working on privateer models, there's not a whole lot of uh, there's not a whole lot of models that I want to do at night. So every once in a while I'll do some fan things. You know, I I mean I, I did Puck because I love uh, Alpha Flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Canadian friends, I have a couple Canadian friends that call me the American Brian Adams because uh, you know. <laughs> but I, uh, but I, I mean, really, I'm not I'm not really doing a whole lot. Um, even, even fun stuff, I'm not doing a whole lot of extra. Just uh, uh, I guess trying to stay fresh and. Uh, you know, I'm in the middle of moving in uh, with my girlfriend and adjusting to having kids around, and uh, so I, I, I mean, I dabble. I'll mess around with stuff here and there. I'll, I'll more than anything, I think, is just uh, modding some of my privateer models. So I guess if um, I don't know if something's cool came up, I would. But privateer keeps me pretty busy. I figured as much. Uh, and I, I'm a full-time staff, so it's not. I'm not a freelancer where you know I can do a couple of privateer models and a couple of models for whatever company. So, like even when I started, I, when I was working on Sedition Wars, uh, I uh, I was allowed to finish working on Sedition Wars, but they're like, all right, that's you know, don't be making money for the other companies. Gotcha. Uh, Zedner asked, how hard was it to learn ZBrush? Uh, initial learning curve is is a little steep. Um, the biggest thing, because I, I get asked that a lot, I got I, I had an old friend call me this week and ask the same question. It's a matter of just sitting down and learning it. Uh, if you're going to put in an hour or two a week, that's not enough. Uh, you just, like anything you want to get good at, it, it depends on the level you want to get to. Uh, if you're going to put in an hour or two a week, you're you're not going to be very good at it. Um, I think uh, one of our old sculptors, Michael Jenkins, said... Uh, Pick out something that you love in your life and cut it out because that's what you're going to need to do to, to really put the time in to get good at it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think he was wrong uh, because I, I, I do find myself, um, there's times like on a Saturday or something that if I know something needs work, whether it's cloth or anatomy or whatever, I'll, I'll work on that. Whether it's just, a, I, I mean, an artist that, that draws, they'll do the same thing. They'll, they'll, they'll work on an arm or they'll work on a, the shape of a hand or something. I'll, I'll do stuff like that just to try to to get better or, or, or areas that I know need help or you know if it's a project coming up that I think I'm going to need to know how the, the membranes of a wing work or feathers or I'll, I'll work on that I'll, I'll just try a few different things to see what's going to work out with it um, Crimson1919 says when you do conversions for your own army do you have doing it old school or do you ever digitally sculpt parts and 3D print them I can't do old school I've never uh, done any kind of traditional. Uh, I wouldn't know how. Uh, I, I mean, sometimes I try to fill gaps with um, uh, whatever the two putties you put together are to make another green one. stuff or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Gray stuff. Yeah, green stuff. Sorry, I couldn't think of the name. Oh, I've done that green stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I'll do that and try to fill fill cracks sometimes. Um, and I'll, I mean, it'll fill the crack, but it just makes another crack on each side of it, and it has a fingerprint on it. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm a surprisingly bad artist. <laughs> Trying to fix those cracks and uh, fingerprints and stuff was the, uh, the, 
that's what taught me how to work with green stuff to begin with was just filling gaps in models and uh and some of them were in fact old metal trollkins uh models sure. um but for me the the fun part was trying to meld that gap into the existing uh sculpt to kind of so it would be seamless like fur sculpting the fur and sculpting the armor and everything so that it all went together and didn't look like i just shoved a bunch of you know dough in there yeah well and, and that's good that you that you're learning and taking your time to do it right because i'll have there's a lot of times where i get tagged online for people that do mods um, or do some of their own sculpting they'll tag me and they're like what do you think son you don't want the answer to that <laughs> um, most of the time uh if it's good i'll comment but if you tag me on something you've modded or sculpted yourself and I don't comment on it, there's probably a reason. Um, I took a lot of time to try to make it look good. You should take a lot of time to make the mod look good if that's what you want to do. Uh, Oftentimes, I'll, I'll say I like the concept of it. Sure, absolutely. You know, it's a good concept. The execution's not necessarily the best. Right. I'll, I mean, I'll see people grab two random wings out of their bits box and just jam them onto a model because they thought those wings were better. Uh, just just take your time. I mean, it, it, if you want it to look cool, go ahead and take your time and make it look cool. It, it doesn't it doesn't bother me that someone wants to mod one of my sculpts. Uh, every once in a while, they even do it where it looks super cool. Uh, just, uh, just don't half-ass it. I mean, put some time into it so it looks good. I mean takes pride in it, I guess is what I'm saying, but uh, it, I, I know there's some people out there that know. Uh-oh. Did Skype crash, guys? Oh. Did we just experience a technical difficulty? Yeah. Skype just went a little wonky. Doug, you still there, buddy? Yes, sir. Okay. Let's okay. go ahead to the media section. Um, we're going to talk about our media section. Doug, if you've never been on our media section or never listened to our media section, we have a rating scale. And the rating scale is 0 to 5, with 5 being the worst and 0 being the best. And because we're dorks, because we're dorks, the rating system is in space herpes. Based off of the old Ice Pirates movie. Uh, so the more space herpes, the worse it is. So... Um, I have technically have three things to talk about. Um, Kathy, how many do you have to talk about? I have only one. Only one. And Doug, do you have uh, a bunch to talk about today? Uh, I, I can always come up with something. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go with our first one. Um, I can go ahead and switch and go back to this camera and look at this. Uh, my first thing that I wanted to talk about was a rewatch. Um, which I've never given a rating to to begin with, uh, but I rewatched, uh, hung out with some friends and rewatched since it was on Netflix, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Um, never was into the anime, so I have no clue and can't compare it. Not anime, the manga. Um, so I have no way to compare it. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Uh, it's probably probably my third time, fourth time maybe watching it. Um, very fun, very dorky. Very out-of-the-way whimsical. Um, everything about it was really cool. Music, uh, which I learned that uh, some of the music was, and most of the music by the 
sex with bombs was done by Beck uh, at one point. Um, so I was like, that's pretty freaking cool. Um, so if you like really dorky, weird movies but are still fun, highly recommend it if you haven't watched it before. It is free on Netflix. Um, I would probably give it one and a half, maybe two space herpes for the simple fact that it is kind of, you have to have a taste for it. So that could be a, a slight issue. Yeah, that's on my list of things to watch. I have never seen it. Yeah. Well, now you can with a special rating from Gonzo. And, and what was that scale? It was five to one? Zero to five. Five being... Um, You're infected. You're infected, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the scale of five is uh, Turkish Star Wars, and zero being Casablanca. Okay. Type thing. <laughs> So, Kathy, why don't, you, uh, why don't you give us yours for the, the week? So, uh, the other night, Jim and I decided it was time to watch the second season of The Good Place. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got as far as uh, episode nine, and then it was after midnight, and we had to go to sleep. Uh, <laughs> well, I had to go to sleep. Jim had to work some more. Um, but we really enjoyed it. I... It is as funny as the second season, maybe even more funny than the first season was. And in the second season, they actually delve a bit more into actual philosophy. In the first season, it's it's more of uh, just a kind of a running joke that Chidi has to teach her how to be a good person by, you know, using uh, ethics and philosophy. And the new season... Now they've got, you know, Michael, the the Ted Dancing character, kind of wanting to... Actually, I don't know if he really wanted to be, to learn how to be a good person. They kind of blackmailed him into coming to these classes that Chidi was teaching them uh, in ethics. And figuring out how to make him relate to the human condition was, was very interesting. And... Uh, the last the, the last three episodes we watched, we were sure that it was the end of the season because each one was almost like a little cliffhanger for the next one. We're like, this has to be the resolution of the whole season. Nope, there's another episode, <laughs> which is why we ended up watching it until after midnight. <laughs> uh, but I am so looking forward to, uh, I don't even, maybe tomorrow we get to watch some more. I don't even know how many more episodes there are until until the end of season two, and then we can start with season three on network TV. Yeah. But, yeah. I see you nodding, Doug. Have you been watching it? Nope. I'm going to add it to my list, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's a good one. <coughs> what about so, you, Gonzo? Have you seen that one? I have not actually seen it. I, I thought it was probably going to go off the air. With the way TV shows come in and out nowadays... When it came in, I was like, this show is not really going to make it. So I didn't get into it, but now that it's on Netflix, I will definitely probably be at least checking out the first season. I think they've been thinking about it in the way that, you know, writers think where they know they only have one season and, of course, they're going to be canceled. So they actually have a beginning, a middle, and an end for each season. Yep. Which I love. There's no super long convoluted story arc that turns into a soap opera 
unless you're an established series. Yeah. Well, they're on season three, so who knows? Yeah. Right. All right, Doug, what you got for me? I got a well, I got a couple I can throw at you. Um, so Thursday night, I went and saw Venom. Okay. And with, without any spoilers on it, uh, yeah, I know no the spoilers. Have, yeah, the reviews of it, the reviews have been horrific on it, but uh, man, I had a good time watching it. Uh, it. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't a Disney Marvel flick, but it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of stuff getting thrown around, people being up, being beaten up. Um, so it it was entertaining. I'm not I'm not telling people to rush out and see it, but uh, I'm I would tell people go see it for yourself. Um, I have weird tastes though, so I like <laughs> watching a movie that I just get lost for two hours and don't have to worry about the real world. Sure. Um, my second one kind of goes back to what you guys were saying though about uh, rewatching, and uh, so I've been rewatching The Walking Dead. Uh huh. New season um, starts today. Yeah, I'm I'm uh. I just finished up three season, season three, and I forgot how good those early seasons were. Yes, uh, they they were just really good. Um, I kind of I kind of faded over the years about you know staying up on them, but rewatching them now, I kind of like. Uh, it's kind of sad though that our uh, if people know Herschel from that series uh, passed away Friday. Yep, um, he did. Allie and I got to meet him a couple of years ago at a convention, and. Uh, Super nice actor, uh, a nice person. Uh, took a lot of time to talk to us. Um, you know, signed some stuff for us, and uh, so it's always, you know, it's always sad to see somebody like that moving along. But uh, it, you know, it was just watching uh, watching Walking Dead last week, and then this happening, and um, again, just how good those early seasons were too. So keeping my fingers crossed that they, as this season, as this uh, series winds down, then. Uh, that it kind of recaptures some of that glory. Yeah, because it's, excuse me, this season, um, a lot of characters are leaving the show. Right. Well, especially Rick leaving the show. Yeah. So there's a a ton. So previous seasons of Walking Dead, how many spared therapies? Uh, Through through those first couple seasons, uh, man, I don't think there's any infection at all. I think that's, (laughs) I think you're clean. Uh, recent. Recent, I think you. Uh, I think you're at the clinic pretty regularly. There's <laughs> a, a problem. Uh, you know what's funny is I was talking about that, and we were talking about the different seasons, and I was like, the recent seasons haven't been great, but they haven't been good either. That it's like I would rather watch The Walking Dead new seasons than most stuff on TV period sure, sure. because it's all, most of, it's all reality TV crap for the most part but it's just not up to their old flair which well it, it's kind of hard because if you think about it they've been going for so long and doing so many story arcs you eventually have to start thinking about ending it or you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over yeah yeah I'm hoping they're ending it. Uh, I mean, it, it's been a great run. It was a great series, but it's it's time. Time to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, people are like, well, they're not caught up to the comic book or they're not doing anything from the comic book. And I'm like, well, you really can't? Because if you think about it, one season isn't, you know, five or six comic books. It's a lot of comic books. Right. So, yeah, I think 
I, I think uh, so. The first three seasons of, of the TV show that was like fifty issues. Yeah. So that's just not going to come and go super easy anyway. Right. So. All right, uh, Kathy, do you have another one? Uh, no, I don't. Right, so I guess it's mine. Um, I talk about another remake or uh, rewatch. Uh, hanging out with some friends and uh, Robin Hood came on the Kevin Costner, Christian Slater, blah blah blah. Uh, I Robin never Hood. saw the Kevin Costner Robin Hood. Oh. It's pretty. I was watching it again this week. Did you really? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, uh, I love it. Yeah, it it's showing its date, um, oh. in, in movie making, but for the most part, it's still a solid Robin Hood movie. Um, it doesn't try to reinvent because there's another new Robin Hood movie coming out. Uh, yeah, is with there Jamie, really? Yeah, with oh, Jamie Foxx, and it looks it horrible. Looks terrible. Yeah. I'm just going to stick with Errol Flynn, if you guys don't mind. <laughs> the, the Kevin Costner one is not... It, it's good. When it came out, it was kept to the original type story. Uh, didn't change where these, you know, Robin Hood is shooting... 75 arrows as he jumps down from a tree or you know he does the impossible shots that you expect a robin hood character to do but it yeah. was more grounded in reality it, it's funny like, I still didn't they that. use long bows i'm sorry i'm sorry Doug. Okay. I, I was just saying that i still quote that movie um the the kevin costner one so what, what quotes uh why a spoon cousin yeah <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, and that did have a lot of good um, good lines in it. Yeah. Anytime uh, someone says, I have a spoon. Why a spoon, cousin? <laughs> I would tie it into the tick, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, it had the Brian Adams theme, and as you know now, I'm the American Brian Adams. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um it, but, but like I said, it is showing its date. It is showing how, you know, get, uh, going old with it it is. Uh, which is, like I said, it was still a good show. Still good fun. Um, still good acting. Um, recommend to watch if you haven't seen it yet. And like I said, it's on Netflix right now for free. Uh, so give it a watch. I would say... One and a half space herpes type thing. Just because it's showing its date. But... Yeah. That's just that's just technology. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, it's still uh, still fun to watch. Um, it, it's I had it on the other day while I was while I was actually working, so I don't have to pay too close of attention to it. But you, you know, the fight scenes are silly sometimes. But I mean, yeah, it was. If you haven't seen it, it's a good flashback to the nineties. Yeah. Huh. Doug, what else you got before I go to my third one? Uh, I I think I'm. I think I'm full out. I uh, what else am I watching? Uh, I'm trying to get through Iron Fist season two. Uh, trying is the keyword. Yeah, uh, you know I know we've got Daredevil season three coming up soon, so I'm yes, excited about that. I love Daredevil. Yes, Daredevil. I'm looking forward to a reprise yeah. to a good Marvel series. Yep. Uh, especially with what's going to be coming in because Fist coming back and we have Bullseye in the series. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, I. I mean, there was a stretch where I, I collected comics for many years, so uh, Daredevil was one of those guys that I really liked, especially the Frank Miller runs. Oh, Frank Miller runs are amazing. Yep. Yeah, yeah so uh, seeing seeing guys like Daredevil, uh, you know, seeing Elektra, uh, it's, it, it, it hits a, 
it hits a good spot for me. Oh yeah, can't wait for that. Um, okay, then I have my third one. Um, let's see, what was it? Oh, uh, I did finish season two of Big Mouth. Uh, Big Mouth is a Netflix series uh, following adolescence teens going through puberty. Uh, it is a cartoon, and if you haven't watched season one, I'm sorry. You need to go watch it now because it is some of the worst, disgusting, funniest crap I've seen in a long time. Um, they make some of the rudest jokes about puberty, and it may be because I work with kids that are around this, this age thing that I find a lot of humor in it because I see some of this behavior, <laughs> but they take a very humorous look about puberty and just roll with it. And it has some of the weirdest skits in it. Uh, every kid has given a hormone monster that lives with them and teaches them how to live with puberty. And of course they give them the wrong information because teens <laughs> choose wrong things. Because hormones. Because hormones. Yes. Um, so if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend season one and season two. Season two is just as funny as season one. Um, when you're watching it, uh, just know that this is there's some pretty stupid, funny jokes in it that just are off the wall. You're like, what the hell? Um, but they they take humorous looks on certain things like pillow humping. Um, and stuff like that that just they just they just run with it through the entire thing. You think that they're like, okay, let's no, well, what the hell did they just do? <laughs> what the hell did they just say? And it's just hilarious beyond belief. So uh, I highly recommend it. If you can't stand some crude humor, uh, don't watch it. But if you want to see some good writing and uh, some funny takes on childhood puberty, you're gonna laugh your ass off because some of the stuff they say is just like. Insanely funny. Um, so, personal level, zero space herpes because it's hilarious. So, good rating. Other than that, yeah, good rating scale too, huh? What do you think about that? I like that. <laughs> so, guys, uh, <laughs> uh, that is it for this episode. We're going to cut out a little bit early. Doug has to leave a little bit early. He is doing something that we all wish we could do right now is play some D&D. Yep. Hooray! Uh, and so Doug oh, has wait. to get a little early. Now we have to ask Doug about his character. Oh, yeah, sure. What are you playing? I am playing a fighter. Uh, in fact, I haven't played in decades, so this will be our, this is our first session. Playing a fighter. Um, he was a military guy, and um, the the crew he was leading they got their ass kicked. They got crushed, and uh, so he got blamed for it. Got thrown into the pits. Um, now he's working as a merc. So he still, uh, he kind of thinks it might have been his fault anyway. And so he's uh, kind of living with that guilt and um, trying to, I think, earn his way back into, uh, into the army. And um, so we'll see, how, we'll see how things go for him. He's a classic spear and shield guy, you know. Um, nice. So it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Good. Uh, what system are you playing? We were playing 5th edition. And uh, we're playing through a program called, uh, what is this called? Uh, Roll D20? Fantasy Grounds. Oh, okay. So uh, I just started messing with it today. Uh, the guy, the friend of mine, Grant, that's running the game, he uh, 
he knows how to use it. But I uh, have to write it down. Fantasy Grounds. Yeah, yeah. It uh, looks like you can buy different game systems that go into it, but. Uh, fifth edition, you can roll your characters up in it. Uh, it, it keeps track of things for you. Um, you can roll your dice on the screen. It's it's uh, It looks like it's going to be fun. All right, we also want to take a big thanks out to our sponsors, uh, Tectonic Crash Studios. Dan, can't wait to see you at War Machine Weekend. Uh, Dan. Also, Dan's awesome. Uh, also, Mechanica Studios. Chris, uh, can't wait to talk to you pretty soon, buddy. Um He's another awesome guy. Uh, guys, watch out for him. He's going to be uh, giving us some stuff to give away soon. Um, he's just really, really busy with some projects. And, of course, Broken Egg Studios for all their cool stuff. And if you really like Broken Egg Studios, make sure you use the link that you're seeing in here. That is our affiliate link where you can go and get uh, things. If you do that, we get a kickback for it. And on top of that, we have our cool little widgets, tokens that can be used for any game system, not just War Machine and Horns. Um, which will we be selling at War Machine Weekend also. And everybody knows I love me some Broken Egg Studios. Uh, wherever Adam's at, at a con, that's usually where you can find me, especially after hours. And uh, if I'm ever going to get in trouble or get arrested or <laughs> wake up naked in a ditch, um, it's going to be with Adam. It does not surprise me. Oh, me neither. <laughs> no, not with Adam. Uh, all right, guys, so we're going to get out of here for more than dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm Kathy. I'm Doug. Good night. Here's the outro music. Where, where we talk over the after music. Where you say bad stuff that you don't hear? Yes, we fill it with total nonsense. Like, I didn't drink enough. I should have got a lot more liquor. Like, I, I didn't. I didn't even get to eat my pizza, I still have like chunks of it left. Well, at least cold. I didn't want to chew on screen. Right, I have peanut butter cups that Jim brought me, and one of them is partially unwrapped, but I also didn't want to chew on screen, and I know that uh, eating those makes my mouth water a 